The Cozy Robot Show. Hey, Cozy Robots. I'm Mike McCarg. And I'm Grace Vaughn. Welcome to The Cozy Robot Show, a show about empathetic skepticism, learning to be in touch with our feelings and learn new things about the world so we can make a better world together. And uh, those of you who are here, it's so good to see you. We're streaming live right now on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and Twitter. And, uh, you know, uh, people are living that vaccinated lifestyle now. We've noticed the live numbers go down a little bit as people run outdoors again and go to restaurants. But those of you who have joined us, it's great. And if you're listening in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Instagram TV later on the replay. No, we are live every Monday night at 5 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. And we'd love for you to join us because then you can ask questions as the show goes on. And uh, we'd love to see you. So, uh, Grace, how are you? How, how How's your week going so far? Oh, my gosh. It's doing really well, or I'm doing really well. The week is going great. I've had a lot of time to play video games this week, Mike. Nice. Nice. How did you like that transition? It was incredible. Thank so, you very much. On fleek. On fleek. <laughs> uh, for those of you just tuning in, uh, before the show, we had a conversation about what the language that is in and the language that is out. And uh, our wonderful guest was talking to us about the word fleek and whether or not it's still in or out. Uh, Mike, and hearing it's out, I knew it was time for me to immediately adopt <laughs> to it. To immediately use it, because that's about the time that it's time to use it. Dad yeah. approved. Dad approved. Everyone else has stopped using it. Great. Now it's time for me to pick it up. Um, Mike, how has your week been going? I uh, well, I played a bunch of video games with the Cozy Robots on our Discord uh, this weekend. Uh, by video games, plural, I just mean Destiny 2, which has been my obsession lately mm -hmm. when I'm not grinding in Valheim. So, uh, but today I went and saw a movie in person at a theater. I saw A Quiet Place 2 on an IMAX screen. Wow. And uh, that was a lot for the first outing. Right. <laughs> like, That's a like, stressful hey, movie. Hey, would you like to watch a movie about a cut? Catastrophe, <laughs> right after a, a catastrophe, catastrophe. <laughs> um, and it's big and loud and bright as a laser. So oh, enjoy that God. nervous system. Emphasis on nervous. Yeah, um, wow. it was it, it was a really good movie. Uh, I do think I should have picked like a like a rom com or something, <laughs> something a little lighter. Yeah, I mean, I, all all afternoon I've just kind of been. <laughs> Just processing. And in the before time, like I could watch scary movies. They didn't bother me at all. We've and talked now about this it was before. just so intense. Yeah. So mm. same with games. I can't handle like uh game. I used to love like the really, really, really shoot 'em up ch -ch -ch games. And mm. now it's just, I, I mean, I play Destiny, but that's different. You're shooting robots. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I, I like watching other people play scary games and, uh, first shooter person shooter games um specifically the oh gosh what here i go what is it even called what's the what its subtitle is village and the first resident part, evil resident evil i mean mm -hmm. the internet went crazy for the lady 
in that the game. The lady is quite popular, I have noticed. I haven't played the game, and yet I know exactly who you're talking to. <laughs> Same. Not a lot of nine and a half foot tall vampires and uh Not more. enough. Especially not, not enough. thick ones. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And on that note, <laughs> let's introduce our wonderful guest host. Um, this person is the CEO and board president of Queerty Gamers. And we're going to talk about just exactly what Queerty Gamers does. Uh, but without further ado, let me introduce Raymond, who's going by Ray Lancione. How'd I do with the last name, Ray? Not at all? Okay. Lanchoni. No, no. Uh, Lanchoni. There you go. Lanchoni. All right. There you go. All right, Ray. It is. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for your we patience. We practiced it so much. The name we practiced it, and I thirty whole minutes. <laughs> really, a good deal of time went into it, and I still botched it. Thank you for your patience, Ray. Um, I'm just gonna dive right into some questions that you've probably already answered before. But um, if you would tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, when and how did you become a gamer? Oh. Well, I became a gamer before I even knew myself. So wow. that was like when I was three. Okay. I think something like that. Yeah. Uh, I had a 1994 Mac and I Ooh. didn't have any like games on it that I paid for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had like Warcraft, the first Warcraft demo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had like, I don't even remember what it was. There was like geometric shapes and you were shooting things. <laughs> Uh, it was like an airplane. Right. Uh, so that's when I became a gamer. Um, it was like lo- uh, outlines of shapes, right? It was. Yeah. What's the name? I, I, anyway, I was a I was I a '90s Mac gamer as well. So there, mm. there were not a lot of them. Um, I really tried googling it for a while, and I could not find the name of it. I, to this day, I still don't know what it was, and I don't think I ever will. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, I you know, Pokemon was my thing for a while, still is. As you can see, I'm wearing a Vioplume shirt uh, for that. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, somebody said mission control. I don't know. I don't know if that's what it is. Uh, Could be. be. I'm going to look that up after. Uh, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I, you know, I, I mean, just very straightforward. I dropped out of high school and college because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I thought I wanted to do like fashion and baking and all that Mm. stuff. And, um, I still like baking, by the way. I make a good challah bread, even though I can't have egg. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then I ended up, uh, creating a LGBTQ gamer group on Facebook and we started raising money for, uh, other nonprofits and then, um, a uh, someone who wanted to provide like pro bono work at a law firm, Paul Hastings, uh, was like, do you want to be a nonprofit? And I was like, sure. Um, and I, and I, at that point, I already had five years into the gaming industry. Um, I started out as quality assurance and then um, moved on to community management. And then I left the industry because I wasn't really it wasn't really fulfilling um, helping people. Uh, it was more mm-hmm. about profits, mm-hmm. uh, which is not the case for all studios, of course. But a lot of this, a lot of the industry is about profits, not people. Mm. Uh, so that's why I'm doing QWERTY full time. So that's a little about a little about me. Nice. So now that we know a little bit about you, let's mm-hmm. jump right into QWERTY Gamers. 
So how when did Queer Tea Gamers, uh, for those just joining us and for those who listen to the podcast later, how did Queer Tea Gamers come to be? Yeah, so we were formed in 2018, late 2018, as a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, before that, I, like I mentioned, we uh, were just a Facebook LGBTQ gamer group. Um, we mostly played Minecraft at first, and then we started raising money for the National Center for Lesbian Rights mm. and Trans Latina Coalition. Uh, and then, like I, like I mentioned, uh, our buddy Joel was like, "Do you want to become a nonprofit?" And I, you know, just kind of fell in my lap, and mm. I, I couldn't say no. Yeah. Um, so uh, we came up with a new name because back then uh, we were just like several different names. Mm-hmm that we don't use now. Uh, and it was the original co-founder with me uh, who decided on Queerty Gamers, like two E's in the Queerty keyboard. Uh, so phonetically, it sounds queer. I love it so much. I just <laughs> I just love it so much. Thank you. Um, we can put that on shirts and we can put that everywhere. And uh, yeah, so that that's kind of how Queerty came to be. And, uh, you know, uh, over the course of the last year with the pandemic, we had to completely change what we were doing, um, which for us, it became a lot easier to connect with individuals who align with our values. So um, although it's been a horrible year for many, many people, for Queerty, it's, and for myself personally, it's been like really life-changing mm-hmm. and um, I found more purpose um, wow. in this kind of uh, way of doing things. Wow. Um, So what does, well, let's back up. Uh, What is something that you wish people understood Mm -hmm. about inclusivity in gaming or inclusivity in general? What is something that you come into contact a lot that you kind of wish people just figured out or had figured out by now? Uh, so I believe, and I've been talking to folks about this question before I had even realized I was going to be answering it today. Yeah. Wow. Um, (laughs) uh, so I think one thing that pops up a lot, and I think just knowing that, you know, corporations do think about money, uh, is how do you provide new storytelling and how do you tell new stories without it being the same old story, um, that people have already heard and aren't going to spend money on. Um, And we all know that, I mean, you know, most games have ditched story in video games for battle royales Mm -hmm. because um, they tend to keep a higher player retention. Mm. Uh, And I believe that if you tell the stories of queer folks, you're going to get brand new stories that you never were able to kind of describe in video games. Um, You know, I mean, you kind of just look at Twitch's new tags from this week. You know, you have uh, disabled, you have... Um, ADHD, you have all LGBTQ having their own tag now. So you kind of see people wanting to find and self-identify and describe themselves through these different words. And I think folks don't realize in the industry that if you do that with video games, you're going to find a whole new audience um, while still retaining a majority of your audience, right? Mm. Of course, you, you might lose a few folks who are like, oh, that's virtual signaling, virtue signaling yada 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 um but i think i think overall that would be a a better selling point is there's all these other new stories that you've never thought of or never have um read uh Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and sorry, I don't mean to. Uh, is it okay if I read chat? Please, I see folks. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I believe they added disabled. If not, they added um, similar tags so that you can specifically identify. So. Um, if it's not disabled, it might be like multiple sclerosis, that kind of stuff. So they added like 300 new tags last week. Mm. Um, so I started using queer uh, and LGBTQ, which was the older one. Uh, and they do have like depression, if you want to add that. They have anxiety. So lots of new tags there. I and saw for anyone that. listening who is not aware of a couple of these terms, which some of our audience may not be, Twitch is a very popular service for watching People play video games, among other things, but generally it was founded around the idea of uh, making video gaming not just participatory, but also something you can watch someone do in the same way you would watch someone play football. You can watch someone play a video game. Uh, and then tags are ways that you can label content to make it easier to find. Just want to make sure the, the nuances of uh, Ray's answer didn't get lost there. Also, Ray. Yeah, it's almost like a hashtag. There you go. Um, also, Ray brought up a, a great point that we are currently live. So if you are wanting to ask Ray a question, now is the time. Put it in the chat. Um, I have questions gathered throughout the week from all of you, but this is a live show. So at any point, you can put in your questions that go along with the conversation. Um, Shout out to everybody watching on Twitch right now. There we go. Yay, yes, Twitch. Yay, Twitch. Um, Thanks, Mind All right. Let me get back to just... Well, well, actually, let's jump into the first audience question. Um, so over the week, we asked our audience about what questions they had when it, when it came to LGBTQ representation and inclusivity in gaming. Lily, or at Lily Garnat on Instagram, asks, how can we put pressure on big game dev companies to have LGBTQIA plus characters now? Exclamation point. It's a good question. And I think the industry, uh, and when I say industry, I mean the LGBT, LGBTQ uh, nonprofit sector, mm. I think is still figuring that out. Um, I mean, there are a number of nonprofits that are providing consulting services. Um, we are one of them, although we do not have a client at this moment. Um, I, I did consult last year for a video game, which I can't talk about. Um, but like, we haven't had one since, but we will be getting them soon. Uh, there are other nonprofits that consulted. Uh, for example, GamerX just consulted with uh, Dead by Daylight Behavior, uh, which is a uh, multiplayer horror uh, game where you know it's four against one, uh, and there's different uh, horror characters that you might know, like Michael Myers mm. and Ghostface Scream. <laughs> yeah. um, I I'm addicted to that game. Uh, so they just. <laughs> They just consulted and behavior said that there will be LGBTQ characters coming. Uh, they just put the pride flag in. Mm -hmm. So I think it's all about persistence and supporting nonprofits because that's what I'm seeing is driving that force is nonprofits. Um, you can also, uh, I mean, I think petitions can work sometimes. Uh, so if there's something that is maybe not acceptable in a video game, you could create a petition and you can ask folks to sign it. Um, I wouldn't recommend berating companies because they're also people and you want them to be on your side. So you don't want to say that they're 
a homophobe or a transphobe for having content that might not be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I had a conversation about um, about uh, CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk, which uh, mm-hmm. I can. So I'm not going to say I understand, but uh, <laughs> I can say I can see where folks are coming from. Right. So I'm. I don't. I'm not trans, but they had. Um, uh, this thing where if you chose a voice with a certain tone, whether it be high or low, that would that would choose your pronouns. And people found that um, insulting and offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way to go about that then, in my opinion, again, I'm not telling other folks how to think, um, but I have a transgender representation consultant at QWERTY. And so she and I talked about this and uh, we agree, um, you know, the way to go about that is building on failure. Uh, and I think that's kind of like how Google looks at it. So, you know, um, we will most likely be approaching Red, uh, CD Projekt Red on how they can make their next game more inclusive rather than demonizing them and scolding them. Because we don't personally believe at QWERTY that they did that maliciously. Mm. Um, so I think it's really all about getting people on your side and um, not making it into like a, a witch hunt. Of course, there are... F- I won't, I won't say who deserves a witch hunt, but there are some folks out there who totally go mm-hmm. against LGBTQ folks on Twitter and they deserve everything that has happened to wow, them. Wow, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, J.K. Rowling. But, um... <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've discussed on the on Cozy Robot show without a doubt. Yeah. Right. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The folks, besides one person who I know is a very alt-right folk at that studio that's developing that Harry Potter game. Mm-hmm. Most of those folks don't deserve um, kind of the malicious uh, backlash that has been received to J.K. Rowling. She deserves it. They don't. Right. Um, so I think there's a way we can target our criticism and our feedback without throwing everyone to the wolves, if that makes sense. So that's just kind of my response is since I'm, I'm very community management focused. So I, I do see a lot of Twitter and Facebook and I do see that that is a, a place that um, these developers use feedback from as well. So that's important. Uh, Ray, could I ask you uh, kind of a follow up there? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Absolutely uh, not. <laughs> Can uh, you or may you? What is my no, that's what my teachers used was to do to me. definitely going for the may vibe. Oh, um, my God. You know, as someone with experience <laughs> in the industry and now, you know, working in a nonprofit to drive change, uh, after, you know, I played Cyberpunk 2077. I didn't, like, okay. listen to what people were saying online. That may or may not be true. I waited to play the game. I bought the game. Then I played the game, and I was disappointed in several choices around LGBT representation as a Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. customer. Okay. So uh, I did a very strange thing. I looked up the postal address of CD Projekt Red, and I wrote a letter, and I said, as your customer, I played your game, and I really (laughs) enjoyed it. You know, I, I can tell a lot of team into this you must be very proud and as someone who is learning to be a better ally of lgbt people these specific things seemed problematic and likely are the result of good intentions well expertise uh as your customer this was a big miss and although i understand that you know we're 
all learning new things about gender, identity, and sexual orientation every day. This is knowledge that exists, and you are not a studio without resources. And I would expect that either in a patch to this game or in every future game you do in the future, you're going to have learned from this lesson, and you're going to hire people with these identities to represent these ideas in a way that's non-harmful or... In the future, I will not be a customer of yours. Do you think that as a strategy, kind of like you're a good game developer, you tried, thanks for trying, we got to aim higher. And I I included some statistics around um, uh, death by suicide and other risk factors for trans youth and how misrepresentation, also not including really anything notable for people who are non-binary at all. Um, do you, does a letter like that, do those kind of direct outreach campaigns that aren't kind of scorched earth Twitter space, but consumer to game developer, does that, was that a total waste of time or, uh, or do campaigns like that help? So full disclosure, I didn't play the game. Okay. I would love to, <laughs> um, you have to have an NSA I, supercomputer to play it. <laughs> I have one. Okay, so right. funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> uh, I believe that in combination with everyone else's efforts, mm-hmm. I believe you, I don't think you're wasting your time. It, no one may na- may read your letter, but there is the chance someone might read your letter. Um, so I I don't think anyone is wasting their time. I think I think I as like. Um, like a, as a professional, if I read your letter, I would take that to heart. Although I'm already biased because I'm in the mindset of I'm queer and mm-hmm. I feel like that wouldn't fall on deaf ears. Um, I got a wonderful you know, form letter back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a response. I did. Yeah. That's great. Um, well, I would love to hear about it in a moment. Um, I don't think it's a waste of time. I think it's really worth it. I think uh, especially like you like, you know, maybe like a compliment sandwich, too. Like, mm-hmm. I love your game. Here's what sucks about it. But you're amazing. Um, <laughs> eat that. Uh, right. Not literally saying they suck. But, uh, but yeah, no, I think, I think that's great. I think, you're, you know, I think there's, there's many faucets, many ways of getting to them. You know, there's the PR level, right? So there's, there's folks in PR who are queer who are like, that's an opportunity. Why don't I contact them and work with them, right? And then there's folks like you who are, you know, you're both content creators, um, and you're reaching out, and then there's the audience that's also reaching out, and then in, in combination, you know, that's where it kind of it will break through. Um, you know, uh, I I agree that they're not a company without resources. Uh, I will give them the benefit of the doubt that they are in Poland, and maybe that is a little different, especially a more conservative country compared to the United States and with LGBTQ rights. Um, hmm. Again, not an ex- a good excuse, but I can understand where the miscommunication came from or um, maybe just like the lack of, I wouldn't say lack of empathy because, it, it, again, it didn't seem malicious. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think that was not a waste of time, especially since you you, you, um, you leaked the ending there and you said you got a response. <laughs> but, <laughs> Is this is this a waste of my time? I got a response. But, but it was a form letter. Like uh, we've gotten so much feedback about 
you know, Cyberpunk 2077. We really missed the mark in a lot of ways and then listed like poor performance on legacy consoles, like day one performance issues, uh, <laughs> LGBT mm-hmm. representation. Like it went down through like basically somebody wrote out all the things they're getting letters about in a bulleted list to have been like, hey, we're sorry for everything, which is, you know, better you- than nothing. I will tell you this, though. Um, I would not expect a patch because just knowing the way that game development works, it's not worth their money um, to put it into that. And I'm, I'm just thinking from, like, I know how they think. They're not going to put a patch in. If they do, I'd be very surprised. But they would have to change a lot mm-hmm. in the game, and it's not worth their time. Re-record dialogue. Because... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just not going to happen. But I think that possibly in the next game whatever that may be you know not just cyberpunk but whatever video game they're working on now hopefully um they will be taking this in consideration especially since you've mentioned they've they've acknowledged it uh i i I don't think they're going to make that mistake again it's not worth their money to make a dumb mistake like that again Mm -hmm. along the lines of uh you know really messing up in a game ray what is an example of a video game that gets it right what is an example of a video game with a shining example of LGBTQIA plus representation? So <clears throat> I'm going to say that I feel like uh, that's very subjective and not, not to be, uh, not to offend your question. No, but I no. Think, um, I think you're always going to piss somebody off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for me, I'll tell you what I think and then I'm going to tell you what other people think. Mm-hmm. I love Stardew Valley. Um, I grew up on Harvest Moon games. I was worried, waiting for, um, oh, what are they called? Marvelous LTD, which is the developer, and Natsume, which was the publisher. I was waiting for either of them to put in same-sex marriage in the game. Um, I was waiting uh, after Natsume and Marvelous broke up, and there was Story of Seasons, and then the new Harvest Moon game, still waiting, and then... Stardew Valley comes out of nowhere and they're like, everyone's bi. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that was made apparently to my knowledge by a straight cisgender white man. So um, for me, I was very appreciative of that. There was that inclusion where I could play any way I wanted to in terms of dating. Um, I see a yes, Stardew Valley in chat. We love to see it. Um, I love Stardew Valley, and uh, there there's tons of, of podcasts and like audiobooks with um, I forget his name, but Concerned Ape is the dev. Mm-hmm. He's on there. You know, it was just by one person, right? Which I think is amazing. Um, but then you're gonna hear other folks saying, "Well, you can't just you can't just say everyone can date everyone because then that's erasure of." Uh, of, of other kinds of storytelling from the queer community, like this person. So what they're basically saying is everyone's bi. Well, then that means like nobody's bi or that means nobody's gay or nobody's trans. Like, so I understand that, um, that argument. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, uh, I, that you're not going to please everybody. I guess is really what I'm going to say to that is I don't, I personally, as my me being an individual, I don't mind how Stardew Valley was presented, mm-hmm. and I don't think I personally need it to change. But if there was a change that other folks are pushing for, then I'm also open to that. Um, but I think you're going to find that kind of that kind of um, 
division within the community itself where some folks are going to say this is amazing and then some folks are going to say no wait hold on a minute we're not there yet right. and um i see both sides to the mm. to the argument there mm. there's definitely uh it sounds like there's definitely a lot of nuance to everything and everyone's coming from a different place um thank you nuance. for that answer what are we supposed to do with nuance gosh <sighs> isn't the world just no sorry <laughs> Isn't the My world just black frustration, and white? Like, you try Doesn't to talk it... about nuance in modern media, and people are like, <laughs> "What?" I mean, there, there's some folks in our community that will say uh, life is not a binary choice. Mm. So okay. there you go. I like that a lot. Um, Mike, it is time for the ads, so we're going to take a little bit of a break so you can read the ads. Okay. See y'all in a second. Cozy Robot Show would be impossible without the support of our wonderful sponsors. And first, let me tell you about NordVPN. You know, I'm reading new hacks every day in the news. A, a world government or a, a major business or a utility company gets hacked by bad actors online. Because let's face it, not everybody on the internet is fan-friendly. And so uh, you can really make yourself uh, more secure and better protected by securing not only your devices, but your internet connection itself. That's what a VPN does. And NordVPN is an incredible VPN provider. They've got over 5,000 servers in 59 countries and will allow you to protect your data, not only while you're at home, but also while you're traveling or in a public place. You know, open Wi-Fi networks are convenient, but they're not secure. And so if you're in the airport or a coffee shop or a restaurant, wherever you might be connecting, a VPN is going to protect you from other people on that network. Now, NordVPN also accelerates your internet connection with their technology, NordLynx, and has a cybersecurity suite that can act as an ad blocker. Of course, as a good VPN provider should, uh, NordVPN does no data logging and offers 24-7 customer support via live chat and email, as well as offering six simultaneous connections that can allow you to mask your location so you can access Netflix and other regionally locked entertainment websites. Uh, it's compatible with most operating systems, including Windows, Mac OS, Linux, iOS, and Android, and they offer unlimited bandwidth. It's an amazing service, and NordVPN's got a birthday coming up. They'd like to give you a gift. So every purchase of a two-year plan will get an additional month free plus a surprise gift. All you've got to do is go to nordvpn.com slash cozyrobots and use offer code cozyrobots. And this week, we'd also like to tell you about BetterHelp. It's been a tough year for everybody. And over 1 million people are taking charge of their mental health by having access to a licensed professional counselor via BetterHelp. BetterHelp's the easiest and most convenient way to get mental health support for all kinds of mental health challenges like depression, stress, anxiety, relationship issues, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, the whole gamut is available for support via BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp is really, really well adapted for this era because you are able to talk with a licensed counselor via text, chat, call, or video. No need to find a parking spot or, for that matter, even find a therapist because when you work with BetterHelp, the first thing they do is take you through a questionnaire and then they connect you with an expert you're going to love. And if there's not a fit for whatever reason, no problem. BetterHelp will find you a new therapist for no additional cost anytime. So I use it every day, and you can too. 
You can also get 10% off your first month by signing up with our affiliate link. So go to betterhelp.com slash cozy robots and get started today. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash cozy robots. Um, all right, Ray, we have some pretty awesome, more detailed questions from our private discord. Okay. So, Grace, how can people hey, join our private discord? By oh the way? my gosh, Mike, I'm so glad you asked. We can, uh, people can join our private discord by going to cozyrobots.com to sign up. Any tier grants you access to the private discord where we play games. There's a book club, uh, and we just generally gab and it's a very safe space mm-hmm. and we love everyone there. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. That's my spiel, and I'm sticking to it. Um, Ray, so Kate from Discord. By the way, hello, Kate. If you're watching tonight, Kate joins my gaming streams. I'm a very, very new baby gamer, um, but I do love playing games, and I go on our Discord occasionally to play games, and the patient, wonderful souls that are the cozy robots who tune in for those streams while I desperately try to figure out how to do things on um, any game uh, are amazing. And one of them is Kate. So Kate asks, how does the intersectionality of a person's queer identity help them make better games or change the gaming experience? That's a good question. Um, I think it kind of goes back to a previous answer, but I can expand on that. Uh, Mm. So I believe that when folks who are queer um, that are developing video games have um, direct access to be able to change um, kind of the direction the storytelling is going uh, or the, or the, um, or the, the content of the video game. Uh, so especially like with uh, indie games, um, there's more leeway there. They don't have to mm-hmm. answer to investors. They don't have to answer mm-hmm. to really anyone, you know? Um, uh, I mean, you do, obviously you want to create a game that everyone's going to enjoy instead of just yourself, but you still have that leeway there where you're like, well, the man can't tell me what to do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I think it's really important that, especially now that all these different engines are becoming free and available um, to everyone who has really a computer that can handle it. Um, I believe like Unreal is free and Unity might be free um, in certain aspects. Uh, I know Game Maker Studio is Unreal and Unity, by the way, are game engines that people use to make games with. Sorry for interrupting, Greg. No, that's okay. That's okay. I, I actually, do, when I'm on podcasts, I do that to them. Because um, <laughs> like, I, you know, they talked about like, I was like on one about World of Warcraft and they were talking about something and I was like, just so people don't know what like a level 50 Illidan is, um, <laughs> which is nonsense, by the way, that's not a real thing, but it doesn't make sense. Anyway, uh, no, I really do think that uh, we are in the age of, uh, although there is still that financial barrier that folks can't always get around because computers do cost money uh there are free uh, tools and we you know i uh our transgender representation consultant um jasmine mosbar uh we just interviewed rainbow the devs of um of arcade spirits and they put it quite wonderfully is that you can grab a smattering of all these free tools to create your own video game so Mm. um once 
queer folks, I mean, queer folks can basically, if you, if you don't have that financial barrier, you pretty much, if, if you have the mindset for it, cause I don't, I, I can, I can, I know what I want to make, but I'm not going to sit there and make it. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, I think it's really important that those, those folks can then make their own games. Um, and even if you're not a video game developer, I mean, there, there are those arguments and I, I agree with them, I guess, is that if you're in the gaming industry, you're a developer, which I was in the gaming industry. I guess I, I'll say I'm a, a developer for the sake of it. Um, I was actually just thinking, uh, uh, I was I was community manager for Maple Story M at Nexon, which is a Korean company, somewhat conservative in terms of uh, queer representation. Mm-hmm. And I had an interview where I basically said there will be LGBTQ marriages in Maple Story M, and it's on the verge if you look it up. And wow. the, I got so in trouble for that. Uh, they're like, why did you say that? Now we're going to have to put it in, blah, blah, blah. And they never did, by the way. Um, oh, but, my gosh. So even if you want, I mean, I don't regret to, like doing that. I think I knowingly took the risk, knowing like, oh, if I say it, they're going to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, if you're in a position, I would say I was in like somewhat a position of power because I... I was public facing. So mm-hmm. when you're queer um, and you're in the industry, you you can, I mean, remember, you might have to deal with the consequences if mm. somebody doesn't like it, but you can definitely mm-hmm. sway opinion. And, and as, you know, especially I see a lot of influencers now starting to become public facing community managers for, for different companies and they have a whole audience, right? So they can then right. kind of sway the, the narrative and the argument, not, I mean, an argument uh, towards uh, queer representation. So um, that's my answer. Kate. I think, you know, when we look at what happens in film and television, gosh, it's so obvious when a straight man makes an attempt. Um, because it's like, let's look at this, uh, romance between two women who are adorned in fashion decisions and style decisions that appeal to the male gaze and now let's have this juicy chemistry so that straight men in the audience can be like ooh as opposed to like a normal frigging nuanced relationship between two human beings right um or how often you know uh uh, a, a straight writer or a straight director will kind of uh, assign a gay man into the sassy sidekick lane in, in storytelling. There's all these tropes that come from that straight gaze. And um, we see such better films have been made as the writers and the directors of projects um, have been more often people of color, more often women, more often queer people. And, Gosh, I just hope to see the same thing happen more and more. Uh, not only in the indie gaming scene, where there are some truly amazing games to be played, but in that kind of so-called triple A game space. Because, you know, gaming has such a profound influence, especially on younger people, compared to other media. Now, casual gaming has tons of influence, all the way up to boomers, but... Uh, in terms of, you know, more narrative-driven games, those tend to be more popular among younger people. And I would love to see studios catch on and have those games more reflect the values of the people playing them. 
Moving a little bit away from the companies that are creating games and into conversations surrounding the communities that consume or play those games. Uh, Alex from Discord, hey Alex, says, what is the path forward for gamers for broad inclusion in the industry? I see great representation in many indie games, but those don't have nearly as far of a reach. Even with AAA games, even when AAA games include flawed representation, I see such verbal profane responses and even the safest gaming communities I know struggle to keep those voices out. I've seen friends abandon games they Mm. love because the communities are so toxic to queer people. Is there a middle ground where we don't have to abandon mainstream mainstream games? Mm. That's a good question. Um, It was Alex, right? (laughs) Yes, Alex. Um, So I've been thinking about this a lot. I think, again many layers on what we could do. I think um, sometimes it just comes down to, like in Dead by Daylight especially, uh, I mean, sometimes do you even need an endgame chat? Like that's where you get a, uh, harassed is endgame chat. And they just added a chat filter, but you still know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that um, these companies need to invest more in customer service so that they can actually take action against these folks who are harassing others. Uh, There is the Fair Play Alliance, um, Mm -hmm. which I would encourage to be more active. Um, I reached out to them and didn't get a response, but I, the first time I did reach out to them, they did respond. And that was several years ago. The Fair Play Alliance essentially says that um, all these, you know, triple a game companies are coming on saying we're against cheating and harassment in games but um it almost seems like you know they were just doing it to save face as to Mm -hmm. actually taking incremental change Mm -hmm. um so you know forcing a company with uh stakeholders and investors to do something for minority seems very like uphill um so we just have to stay focused i would Also, I understand how hard it can be, but I also think our community in times needs to have a little bit thicker skin. I understand it's hard and hurtful. Words can be hurtful. um, But there are times when we just need to not fulfill the the troll's wishes of us responding or granting a response. Um, Mm. Sometimes that's just what they feed off of. And so we just need to we just need to sometimes ignore what they say and ask the devs to fix it. Um, that's another thing I've learned personally. Uh, I don't expect other folks to do that, but if you can, you should. Um, I think it also involves getting more queer devs and folks into the gaming industry um, because if we're just consultants, like they're never going to know another queer person. Like mm-hmm. they need to know mm-hmm. queer folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. there are tons of different um nonprofits out there including ours who are trying to help folks break into the gaming industry uh we have a micro grant program the victoria kennedy micro grant program which provides about 500 dollars per quarter and i'm hoping that will increase because it's based on what we bring in for the previous year um mm-hmm. so that provides funds so they can you know buy that software if they need to to develop their video game of course that sounds more like indie stuff um so there i'm you know there are other uh, like Maven Youth, who we've been talking to, um, they they have um, summer camps for coding for young adults or young teenagers and young adults. I think up to like the age of twenty one. Um, so those are some like some things that uh, you know if you have kids or if you are friends with a younger person or if there's a younger person listening, definitely check out 
how you can get involved in learning how to make your own video games because mm-hmm. um, it's kind of um, this is my kind of like I don't know if you call it a motto but it's like you shouldn't just wait around for things to change you should just do it yourself like for me personally this is like kind of similar but not really it's like I got tired of seeing trash in the target I go to and I got tired of seeing baskets in like the handicap zones mm-hmm. so I like I, I bought like a picker upper to like pick up the trash every time I go to Target now. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see change, make the change. Mm-hmm. If you want to see change, donate to someone making the change. Um, you can't, you shouldn't just tweet into a void because you're just going to probably piss somebody off who doesn't agree with you. And then then you both are just going to become alienated towards ever agreeing and having common ground. So it's right. really about action and less talk. Mm-hmm. For anyone who identifies as an ally meaning that you're cisgendered or straight or whatever. I mean, you're, you're, not, you're not in an intersection of identity in L, the LGBTQIA space. There's a real opportunity for active solidarity here in that, number one, uh, before I was an author podcaster, I worked in the business world. And in the business world, I can tell you, big companies watch the breakout hits of small companies like Wild. So when you play, buy, and share... Indie games that well represent LGBT persons, guess what? When those go up the Steam charts, the big publishers go, whoa. And they start to feel that in the wallet. And they want they want to be at the top of the Steam chart, too. Well, I guess we better hire some people who can help us do a good job of LGBT representation because we want money, right? That's all they're about. On the community side, um, I was playing a raid in a game. You know, it's an hours-long thing to play a raid. You play with five other people. And uh, I didn't know these people. They were in a, I just found them in a clan. And uh, we we're having a great time. Everybody's laid back. I love laid back gamers. And we had basically a break because someone needed to eat. Silly, silly people As wanting to, to eat. <laughs> um, and so it got, we had the time we were kind of just hanging out in like a lobby space waiting to start the next part of the raid. And somebody just started talking in a really transphobic way. Just really, really offensive. And uh, it got really quiet. And this person kind of continued their tirade. And um, I stopped and said, hey, it's not cool. That's not cool. Like, I'm not here to, like, talk about transphobic stuff when I just want to play a video game. He's like, what do you mean transphobic? I said, well, what you just said, dead naming a person, saying you didn't understand why they needed new pronouns. You know, you really centered yourself in the conversation. I'm not here to teach any of that stuff. I'm just saying I don't want to hear that on a Saturday when I'm playing video games. And then once I said that, the other people all spoke up too. It turned out that of the six people playing, only one of them was interested in discussing transphobia that day. And then the social pressure turned the dynamic around really fast. We didn't cancel the person. We didn't fight the person. We just set a boundary about what we would and would not talk about as we game together. And uh, I think you'll find in gaming spaces, now I'm not talking to you yeah, go into a pub game and you play a round of deathmatch in a game and you're in uh, an environment with people for four minutes or eight minutes. That's not what I'm talking about. But in kind of longer form gaming sessions where you kind of build a rapport with other people you're playing with, you'll find that if one person speaks up by setting a boundary, not, not attacking, not inflaming, but setting a boundary, 
other people will often come alongside because it turns out like there's a lot of people in the gaming community who are tired of this stuff and they just feel like they're the only one. And so there's strength in numbers here and that can really change the dynamic uh, of gaming spaces and, and change the dynamic quickly. I love that. Uh, Waffle from Discord asks, I don't have a way to phrase this well, but I think there's a lot of mileage in discussing how the prevalence of anonymous interaction in gaming is both a benefit to folks like me, where I don't have to immediately get gendered or whatever, and how it's also a huge driver for hateful behavior thanks to the lack of real-world consequences. Mm. Makes me wonder if things like screen names are a help or a hindrance to queer inclusion in gaming. Any thoughts on that, Ray? Yeah, um, that's something I also have thought about. Um, I mean, an example would be Fall Guys, which has removed any <laughs> screen name, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's you, you know, there's a... You don't get to express yourself anymore. Mm-hmm. But then, again, then you also don't run into that kind of bigotry anymore. So it's like a trade-off. Um, and so I think really it comes back to if we are allowing this freedom in a video game where you can describe your name, you can describe yourself through a screen name, there needs to be somebody to moderate that. And we can't just work on an honor system when the internet is anonymous. Mm -hmm. And that's when these big companies, again, need to hire more customer service people. Um, they don't want to because that's money. Mm-hmm. So it really is an interesting question. I would lean on wanting to be able to describe myself still with my username. And if there is an offensive username there, or if somebody's targeting you because of your username, for example, if you're like, um, I don't know, uh, I love the rainbow flag or something like that. I don't know what you, I'm not clever at screen names. Um, (laughs) I I liked that one. (laughs) I like the rainbow flag. (laughs) And I mean, that is happening now on Dead by Daylight because the pride charm is now available. And in Dead by Daylight, you can have little like, you know, like a key charm on your phone. Mm -hmm. You can put that on the side of your character. And so people are seeing the rainbow and targeting folks. Rainbow. Mm. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) They're targeting that, uh, those individuals that are having those charms. So, um, you know, and then it becomes hard. Like, well, how do you prove that they were targeting you because of that username or because of that expression? If you're having, if you're playing, you know, say, for example, if there's a video game that has a queer character, like uh, I believe Apex Legends has Mm -hmm. queer characters that you can play as, how do you prove that you're being targeted because that character is that identity? Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I, I tend, uh, I think I would say keep expression in there and um, because really the, the people you're punishing are the folks who want to express themselves, I think, and not, not the folks that would target you because they're going to find a way to target you regardless. They, they're, that's not going to change their minds on their, their, their viewpoint of, you know, they don't agree with uh, of folks and who they are. So my opinion is just, leave it is in, in fall guys if you're listening put it back i don't like to be 
I don't even know what their their screen names look like, but I, I want to be myself in that game. I don't want to be Fall Guy number thirty five. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's it's almost as if it, it's almost as if like if if uh, no one can play nice in the sandbox and nobody can play at all. Kind of is that what you're kind we of we filled the describing? sandbox with concrete. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Taking it away from everybody just just because of uh some bad actors. Um I I can see what you're exactly what you're saying, Ray. Um yeah. yeah, I mean that's been that's really a lot of what you've been saying tonight, everything you've been saying tonight is so insightful, I think really helpful for people tuning in. And um I believe we have one more question. It's going along the lines of everything that we've been talking about tonight. So this might be uh, Ray's opportunity to to sum up what the, the conversation has been tonight. But uh, Katie underscore of underscore Canada on Instagram asks, <laughs> Katie of Canada, um, how can we fight the rampant homophobia and transphobia in gaming? Well... I think um, my nonprofit is set to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there's a, a lot of, I, I know I keep saying this, but it's a lot of layers. Again, it's like an onion. Sure. <laughs> it's like an um, onion. Yes. Absolutely. It's like an onion. If you don't like onions, it's like, um, what a else parfait. has layers? <laughs> parfait. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, now I want a parfait. Yes. I want parfait, potatoes. Berries. We were talking about potatoes before this. Uh, <laughs> I, I said Grace's internet is connected through a potato. And it truly is. Uh, Mike is not lying. I truly, it's a potato with wires coming out of it. And I, this whole interaction is magic. Um, <laughs> anyway, g- continue, Ray, what were you saying? Yeah, so so to, to fight transphobia, to fight homophobia, and again, I'm a very weird individual. I don't like to call him that because phobia describes someone being afraid but these guys are just dicks so <laughs> hopefully i can say that um, you can you're of course they're homo, homo dicks and trans dicks like they're just assholes uh, but right. they're not really afraid of it they just the thing is the way i think is this is if you don't know a, a trans person if you don't know a gay person growing up you're gonna be like oh what's this that's weird really mm-hmm. it's about introducing these folks to especially at an early age because when you're older you're less likely to want to change, which I know I'm, mm. I'm not saying that you won't, but it's harder. Um, so we really, we need to have more representation in video games. I think our organization really stands by that. It's telling stories to even a younger generation um, where they're more open to different ideas. And, it, you know, uh, they're, of course, they, they might listen to their parents and be like, oh, I don't like gay people. I don't like trans people. But I really still think it's important for them to have those kinds of storytelling early on in life. Um, think, by the way, I don't know why I'm saying thank you, Blue's Clues. They're not a video game, but they've been very inclusive lately. I've so been seeing Blue's the Blue's Clues stuff all over Twitter. Yeah, that's it's funny yeah. that you bring that up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would really urge folks not to get into arguments with strangers about LGBTQ rights because there's really you're not going to convince a stranger. You got to talk to the people in charge. These folks on Twitter who have thousands of followers, I'm not going to get I'm not going to say QWERTY agrees with this because it's a political stance, but these Marjorie Grailer teens or whatever they're called and they're I don't know. These these folks who have large Twitter platforms who are very right leaning mm-hmm. don't 
you know, don't, don't try and convince them. They're not going to change. Talk to the people making the video games. Talk to the people who are, who are in your life um, who, who will listen to you. Don't, don't alienate these folks who you'll never meet in person. Mm. Let someone in their lives convince them. And if they're never right. convinced, that's their loss. Um, but we already see how the way the industry is going. It's not going to change. We're going to keep doing this. So start supporting those games. Buy the games that are queer. Buy the games that are, are representing you. Support nonprofits that are supporting this. Um, that's really the way that I think, I think we already have the solution. We just have to keep going and make sure that we're not wasting our energy fighting these negative people that will never change their minds. Hmm. Hmm. The end. That was <laughs> I mean, great, yeah, Ray, maybe, That was great. Maybe Blue's Clues is the answer to how Blue's to Clues. detoxify gaming. Right now. Like, <laughs> and now for fix our the larger second. culture, culture like Blue's good too, and we can too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I really, uh, I think you're absolutely right, Ray. If getting in a fight with a Twitter person might even. Uh, weirdly solidify their terrible beliefs um and and it starts with i mean mike we've had conversations on the cozy robot show about um people who gosh we had a conversation about uh conspiracy theory like dangerous conspiracy theory and how change what i learned from that episode was talking to people getting to know them and it takes like time and like relationship and um and I think, mm-hmm. Ray, that's that's exactly what you're saying. Um, and, and taking the time to do that with people in your family, with people, with your friend group, uh, really important stuff. We we've come to the end of the show. It is it is a minute before close. Um, I'm so sad it's over. <laughs> I this was so illuminating. I think it's going to be so helpful for so many, uh, so many of our audience members to hear this certainly was helpful for me. Ray, is there anything that you would like to share with us before you go? I know you mentioned a grant, uh, that Queerty Gamers offers, uh, and uh, for everyone listening, just so you know, or watching currently, we will have all of Ray's socials, uh, the Queerty Gamer socials available in the video description. So don't worry about that. We will make sure that you find Queerty Gamers after watching this. But go go ahead, Ray, and tell us what you wanna what wanna plug. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, I just wanted to say sorry I didn't get to respond to everybody in the chat, but I do have an uh, the, a Sims plume flop tattoo. I saw someone mention the Sims. <laughs> That's so I love amazing. The Sims, uh, I would love to talk about the sim story I have, but another time about how they accidentally had qu- same sex uh, woohoo in the Sims demo E three, but it wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> the captain. Anyway, um, amazing. Okay, that's going to be for a second part. Another time. Yeah. Um, Allison amazing. says yes, uh, but yeah. So uh, really big things happening this month. It's Pride Month. Um, so, I mean, Mike's going to have a glitter beard soon. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, ornaments and all ornaments and all, uh, QWERTY is taking part of unified for pride, which is a really big campaign on tiltify being pushed by the Stonewall community foundation. Uh, I hope I got that right. Cause I'm dyslexic. Sometimes it might be Stonewall foundation community. No, I think I got it right the first time. Mm. So Stonewall brought 12 mm-hmm. orcs, including themselves and us, all together. Trans Lifeline, the Trevor Project, It Gets Better Project, uh, AMF, uh, AMF, 
oh, I can't say they're 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 to uh, making AIDS history is a their their slogan. Uh, the modern military, uh, all these other orgs, Trans Life Flight, I think I mentioned them. They're all creating this giant coalition fundraiser. You can either donate directly um, or create your own fundraiser and put it on your 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 uh, place that you stream. Um, if, and it's uh, unifiedforpride.com. Uh, it's amazing. I like we're the smallest org out of all of them. So I'm like, are you sure you guys want us on here? <laughs> <laughs> like they're like all paying their employees. We're all volunteer here right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, so you can go and head over to unifiedforpride.org. Uh, we also are posting on our social media. So we have our Twitter. Our you know, I think you said you're going to post it after this. So I won't mention it. But we're we're creative gamers on everything, mm-hmm. uh, and creativegamers.org. And then again, the 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 grant program is opening up July. First, um, we, we're going to be announcing the new recipient or recipients around the first as well from quarter two. So quarter three will be open for a whole month. Um, we have a very inclusive Dead by Daylight tournament coming up the 27th. Uh, you can apply today to be on your own team. Um, and we're going to be part of the NYC Gamers Pride Festival, which is digital wow. and free. Uh, we're a sponsor of that. So a lot of crazy stuff happening. I can't even talk about it all in since we were out of time. So <laughs> that yeah. that's amazing. And we will link, uh, we will cr- create links for everything uh, that Ray just mentioned in the video description. Uh, Ray, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We really appreciate it. And uh, do want to let you know uh, if you're watching right now and looking forward to the after party in honor of the holiday today. Uh, nobody from uh, our team will be there. You're certainly welcome to hang out on the Discord, but there's no <laughs> official after party tonight. And uh, as always, the Cozy Robot Show is made possible by the most talented and supportive team in the entire world. So I'd like to thank each and every Cozy Robot, our producers, Tanner Hearn, Victory Palmazano, and Greg Nordine. Uh, our theme song was written and recorded by Madison and Macy McCarg. Production support by Amy Hill. Social media management, Grace Fawn. Designed by Sydney Smith. Motion graphic design by Landon Satterfield. Set design by Jesse Lane Interiors. Wardrobe stylist and craft services, Jenny McCarg. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. And we'll talk to you again next week. Be well. Bye. Bye, Cozy Robots. Bye. The Cozy Robot Show.